In the COVID economy, interrupted supply lines have choked off production. New cars are harder and harder to find. So the list prices of used cars are going through the roof. They posted an average of $28,000 last year, according to Cox Automotive. That's more than a 40% increase since the pandemic began. So how come used car dealers aren't swimming in windfall profits? Why has Carvana laid off 2,500 workers? UCLA Anderson's Mark Garmes found some answers to that question by looking into the Japanese car market after the earthquake and tsunami in 2011. I'm Orman Aldi, host of UCLA Anderson's podcast, How the World Works. Mark Garmes is here to tell us about what seems like a contradiction, rising prices and sagging profits. Professor, welcome aboard. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be chatting with you. Well, tell us what happened in Japan back in 2011 and what the impact was on the used car market here in this country. So I think you have exactly the right intuition or a very natural intuition that when prices rise, we expect dealers and other intermediaries to make profits, perhaps magnificent profits. And uh, we considered whether or not that was the case after the 2011 tsunami. So the 2011 tsunami cut off Japanese new car production for a period of several months. When there aren't too many new cars, then uh, used car prices increase. And we, we essentially trace the impact of that increase in Japanese used car prices on various participants in the market. You had a lot of data, 61,000 uh, used car transactions in 38 states over a five-year period, ranging from 2009 to 2013. So you had a lot of material to work with. Yeah. My co-authors, Mark Jensen, Jason Snyder, and I had yet received these data from a financing company. We used these data to analyze the impact on prices and financing. I guess the first order effect was an increase in prices of Japanese used cars relative to non-Japanese used cars. There was a significant increase in the wholesale price, which is the price paid by dealers, for example, at auctions for those cars. There was an increase in retail prices of those vehicles but we were really interested in the difference in the margin made by dealers. And I guess our headline finding is dealer profits dropped. So roughly a 4% drop in dealer profits on these used Japanese cars, despite the fact that prices were rising. And I want to be very clear, the tsunami and the earthquake occurred in Japan, uh, but the market you're looking at is the market for used cars here in this country. Yes, thank you. Exactly the right point. Yes, so we're, these are all US transactions. So what did you find then for the explanation of this? We explored two mechanisms in the paper. The first is that in the used car market, it is possible for owners of used cars to bypass dealers and to simply sell their cars directly to purchasers. Uh, so when Japanese used cars suddenly became a hot commodity, owners of those who were thinking of selling them had their bargaining hand strengthened in their dealings with dealers. They weren't forced to go to dealers. They could sell them themselves. There were lots of potential buyers out there looking for their cars. That was one mechanism. We call that the bypass mechanism, namely prices rise and sellers who can go around dealers, go around intermediaries, actually don't need to pay the intermediaries quite as much to provide the services that they usually do. So what about the lenders and what role did they play in what went on? Yeah, the second mechanism that we found to be important uh, is one that we call a financing mechanism, which works in the following way. Let's suppose Japanese used cars are, have a higher price. That's 2011. The tsunami just hit. They're a scarce resource. Everybody's looking for them. But people understood that after a period of several months, production of 
new Japanese cars would restart and eventually these cars would be available. Everyone understood that in the medium term, the prices of Japanese used cars would fall. Suppose you're a lender and you're considering extending financing on a used Japanese car during this period of heightened prices. Uh, you might be a little bit concerned about the future collateral value of these cars, namely, if the borrower eventually defaults and you're forced to repossess the vehicle, that's probably going to be in more than three or six months. In other words, it's probably going to be at a future point by which time the prices will have reverted to normal. That we hypothesized might make lenders a little uh, reluctant to supply the same amount of financing that they would generally just because they're expecting the collateral value to decrease over time quickly. So what can you say about the current market? And uh, do you believe the same dynamic is taking effect now? I think there are a couple of clues that it is. Um, so, I mean, the thing that's a little bit tricky about just looking at current trends and new and used car prices is there are just so many things that have changed in the economy over the last couple of years. It's, it's hard to tie down any change in prices or financing to a scarcity of cars or technology has changed, the macro environment has changed. So one nice thing about this experiment with the Japanese used cars in 2011 is we're able to contrast the Japanese used cars with the non-Japanese used cars. And we can therefore control for any macro changes or technological changes. We get a much cleaner estimate of the effect. All right. But your question was about, yeah, I think that what's going on today in a couple of respects is very consistent with our analysis. Two things. One is new car prices have risen. Used car prices have risen dramatically. Okay. So that's consistent with kind of a shortage of cars. What's happened to margins? Well, dealer margins on new cars have skyrocketed. Dealer margins on used cars have been relatively flat. And we think that that difference, that divergence can at least in some measure be attributed to this bypass mechanism. Namely, if you've got a used car right now and you want to sell it, you can sell it directly, but the manufacturers do not sell new cars directly. New car dealers cannot be bypassed, so they're earning very high margins. Used car dealers can. Why, if you're a buyer, would you be willing to accept a car from an individual rather than a dealer? Don't you have at least some confidence when it's a dealer that the car is going to be in good shape and uh, functioning and uh, that it'll uh, do what the seller says it'll do. Yeah, it's a good point. I do think that the dealers do supply various services. One is the kind of certification that, that you're outlining. Another might be that you know they see a lot of cars, they can connect you with what you want. The used car dealers have a role to play, but they're going to charge a price for those services. And in fact, something like roughly 45% of used car transactions in the early part of 2021 took place between private parties. So a fairly large fraction of the market has decided they're not willing to pay for those services that used car dealers offer. And is that typical? That number has been rising uh, which uh, through, through the pandemic, which I think is consistent with the argument that the bypass mechanism becomes more important uh, when there is a scarcity of these vehicles. Well, if lenders are going to be skeptical about this, does that suggest that if you are a potential buyer of a used car, you may not have to pay that skyrocketing new price? You can negotiate about it. 
Yeah, I mean, prices have gone higher, and we found that after the tsunami as well. The retail prices of Japanese cars did increase, and that is sort of what you'd expect when there's scarcity. The key point, though, is that the retail prices don't rise by quite as much as the wholesale prices. And the dealer margin, of course, is, is that difference. So the dealers are uh, they're not making money as you'd expect. With respect to the financing side, we are seeing lower loan-to-value ratios, so kind of less lending against used cars today as well, just, just as we saw for used Japanese cars post-tsunami. Again, consistent with this kind of concern about the collateral value in, say, six months or a year. You said it's tricky to talk about the present market because so much has changed since the five years between 2009 and 2013, and obviously that's the case. What are some of the things that have changed? Is, is inflation at all a factor in this kind of equation? Yeah, I would describe inflation as a feature of the macroeconomic environment. So inflation, interest rates, technology, different ways that people buy all those things have shifted dramatically. I mean, people may have different feelings about going into a store, going into a dealership, as opposed to maybe transacting with a single person outside. I mean, there's a variety of things that one could point to. And it's just hard to say, well, clearly, these differences in margins that we're observing today are, must be driven by scarcity or changing bargaining power of intermediaries. It's just a lot harder to draw inferences like that. What about the structure of dealerships and the sort of regional monopolies that they get with a particular car? How does that work into this kind of thing that we're talking about, particularly with regard to used cars? That kind of local monopoly power, I think, is much more important in the new car market than in the used car market. That's a sense in which in the new car market, dealers are, are much more indispensable. They're given a franchise. They have certain protections that they're granted from the manufacturers to deal exclusively in certain areas. That's just not true in the used car market. And that makes the, the ability to bypass used car dealers much more salient than in the new car market, where it effectively doesn't exist. Given what happened here after the uh, Japanese earthquake and tsunami in 2011, how long do you think the current situation is going to continue now? Uh, okay, that's a tough question. So I think matters were a lot more predictable in 2011. So I think in 2011, we read news commentary on this and people sort of speculated, well, you know, will it take six months? Will it take a year for the Japanese manufacturers to get operations back and running? In the end, it, it really took no more than six months and maybe even a little bit less. So I don't want to say it was perfectly predictable that production would soon return to normal, but I think the market did have a lot of faith that certainly by six months to a year, production would return to normal. I think there's a lot more uncertainty now. Uh, I've seen widely varying uh, estimates of how long we're going to have chip shortages. Uh, I, I don't think we know. So I think that is a difference, um, that uh, the, 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 ex the expected term of the scarcity is, is harder to predict in the current environment. Well, obviously, what we want to do is learn from the past, but then you want to know how, how what does it tell you about the future? And of course, the future hasn't happened yet, so it's always difficult <laughs> to come up with, with a concrete answer. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, true. I mean, I, I, here, okay, here are a couple of, you know, potential implications that we think are relevant. One is if you've got a market that is disrupted, as the current market is. You know, if it's the case that intermediaries can be bypassed, as they can for used cars, certainly. Um, if it's the case that, that the financing that buyers are able to achieve depends on future collateral value, as it does at present, under those conditions, which I think do exist, two points. Number one, 
there is a risk that intermediaries could disappear, right? So if, uh, if their profitability is reduced, there is a possibility that intermediaries could go bankrupt, could be removed from the market. That could have, that could have medium term implications, right? So you could imagine used car dealers shutting down or uh, as, as you started out by describing, you know, the Carvanas of the world really suffering and maybe going away. That can have medium term effects in the market. Second point, one thing that we were interested in is there was some talk, at least, I don't know, within the last year or so that new car dealers at the very least were not unhappy with the current level of scarcity of product because they noted that their margins were uh, were much higher than they had been. And if you think about manufacturers kind of negotiating with dealers, you might ask the question, will this affect the incentives of manufacturers to actually return supply to normal? I think that is a reasonable question to ask. This isn't a part of your current research or this paper, but let me ask you this. What about this local monopoly that new car dealers have? And would it be healthier if they were required to have more competition? Yeah, so we don't we don't undertake kind of a wholesale efficiency analysis. I mean, I think there's there are arguments that dealers do provide certain services, and, and you described some of them uh, earlier in our discussion. What would the paper have to say? I mean, I think the paper would have to say, you know, obviously, yes, dealer profits would be lower in that case. But I think we can go a little bit further and say, especially during times of supply chain shocks, new car dealers who did not have those kinds of local monopolies who could be more easily bypassed would suffer a lot. New car dealers make a lot of money. I believe that on average, profits per car are higher in the used car market. I believe that's the case. Again, we don't have much data on the new car market in the paper, but I think that's actually true. I think a lot of the money is during normal times made in the used car market. Yes, at present, new car dealers are doing very, very well, but I actually think that used cars are often a bigger profit center for dealers. Well, there's obviously a, a lot of uncertainty about this. That was the term that you used about the current situation, and it makes it very difficult to know what applies and what doesn't. But you've been very helpful in helping us work it out, and I want to say thanks a lot for being on our program. Thanks so much for chatting with me. I enjoyed it. Okay. UCLA Anderson's Professor Mark Garmaze. I'm Mormon Alney. Join us again for How the World Works.